What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the Hulu miniseries Looking for Alaska and the hit blockbuster based on a video game, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. But first, let's talk about Looking for Alaska. Looking for Alaska is the TV adaptation of the hit John Green novel, Looking for Alaska. Here's a quick synopsis. Miles Pudge Halter moves from Orlando, Florida to a boarding school, Culver Creek Academy, as a legacy. There, he meets Chip the Colonel Martin and Takumi and begins to develop feelings for the mysterious Alaska Young. There were a lot of things about this miniseries that I enjoyed, but the top of the list has to be Charlie Plummer and Christian Frosseth. Charlie Plummer plays Miles Pudge Halter, and Christian Frosseth plays Alaska Young. And their chemistry just felt so real. There's some real moments between the characters that we can all relate to. Like this idea that there are some points in the show where you feel like Pudge's character likes Alaska more than she likes him. And then vice versa. There are moments where you feel like Alaska Young is starting to like Miles more than Miles likes her because at points in the show, they have other relationships going throughout the show. I just felt that's a real honest relationship and they really brought the drama to this show as a duo. You could feel they had real intense chemistry together. I also thought what was very realistic was the moments where they're alone from the rest of the group or the rest of their friend group are the real honest moments between the two. They feel like different people when they are alone together, which I think is a very real thing when it comes to teenage romances. You act a certain way with the group and you act a very different way when you're alone with the person you care about. I think that's a real thing that happens in the world and it was good to see that that was on TV screen. And I just think Kristen Frosseth had to play somebody so mysterious. It was really interesting because you didn't know what was going on with their character. What was the whole point of this thing until the very end of the show? And I think that could be a very difficult thing to play because at some point as the audience, you're like, okay, I got to know why this person is this interesting because right now I don't have all the answers. But I think it's worth the wait to figure out what's going on with Alaska Young. And that's because Kristen Frosseth played it beautifully in my mind. Then you have Denny Love and Jay Lee, who bring the comedic relief as the Colonel and Takumi. Again, I think all the emotional moments are between Miles and Alaska, and the show can feel really dramatic at times. Like, there's not a lot of humor between Miles and Alaska. But then when you bring in Takumi, and when you bring in the Colonel, you get the comedic relief. They're pulling pranks on people. They're like the prank geniuses of the show. They bring the comedic relief that would be in most friend groups. And I thought that was really realistic as well. I mean, those characters have dramatic moments as well, but I thought their best moments in the show were bringing comedic relief to sometimes serious moments. Like there's a scene where the colonel interacts with people at basketball games. That's hilarious. And there are moments where Takumi is being like a double agent, learning about what's going on around the school. He had some funny moments. I thought those two characters brought the the comedy to the show, which was important because if you watch an eight episode show and it's all about this like pent up emotional intense relationship between these two people that can be daunting but i think if you get some really good comedic moments it makes the experience of watching looking for alaska more 
entertaining and bearable at the same time. Like the fact that I can't tell you what genre looking for Alaska is. It's got drama. It's got comedy. It's just flat out enjoyable, which is what something should ultimately be. I think sometimes in television specifically, we get trapped in like the genre of the show. Like there's a certain way a teenage show goes or there's a certain way a sitcom goes. And in movies, you don't really get that. You can go all over the place. This show goes all over the place, which is why it's one of the best shows this year. I think another way this show is different than other teenage shows is how the adult characters are in the show. Timothy Simmons and Ron Safis Jones. Timothy Simmons plays the dean of the academy that Miles goes to, and Ron Safis Jones plays his most trusted professor. I think they play two adult characters that develop in a show and about teens that are not bland. They're they're not bland authority figures. Like too many times in these shows, it's so easy to make the Timothy Simmons Dean character the bad guy because he wants his school to run a certain way it's so easy for him to be dull and boring and for him to have like not really a backstory they try to make him interesting they give him a backstory they tell you why he's obsessed with work they give you a flat out reason as to that same with the Ron Safest Jones character it's so easy for a guy to play the old wise professor but they give you life events that this character has gone through that makes you think, wow, he actually is wise and he actually is authentic. Too many times in these shows, that kind of character gives the character the advice and you don't really know why this guy should be giving that kind of advice other than he's the teacher, so that makes sense. This show tells you why that character is wise and why the Timothy Simmons character is the authoritarian that he is. They gi- This show gives you reasons why adults act the way that they do. Those two characters just felt so different to me. I haven't really seen that in a TV show about teenage kids. The adults are wise and they're mean, but there are reasons they act that way and you get to see and they develop. They're not stale. They don't stay the same throughout the show. Their relationships with the kids develops. The creators of the show are Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, who are no strangers to making teenage drama. These are the people that made Gossip Girl. And with this, with Looking for Alaska, they did a brilliant job of making the drama feel real and not over-the-top characters. They made them feel authentic, which is rare in a show about teenagers. Take the Alaska Young character, for instance. There's a version of this show where that character is so over-the-top rebellious, where you're just worn out by her. But this makes you want to spend time with her character and learn why she is it. I mean, there is a version of the show where she's like riding a motorcycle and you're like, wow, that's so over-the-top rebellious. I'm not really interested in that. It doesn't really feel grounded. Her character feels grounded and interesting and you want to see why she is the way she is. She's mysterious in a way that makes you want more. She's not rebellious in that way. You're like, whoa, this girl's so over the top. I'm not interested in what's going on here. I mean, 
other John Green books or movies like The Fall in Our Stars and Paper Towns. But I think Looking for Alaska works best as a TV show because you want to spend a lot of time with these characters. You want to see why Miles Pudge is obsessed with the famous last words of people. And you want to learn about the Colonel and you want to learn about Takumi. And most importantly, you want to learn for Alaska. You yourself are also looking for Alaska. And to spend that much time with them made this such a fun watch. If it had just been a two-hour movie, I think it would have had to have been so over the top so that you could get everything in. But to be eight episodes, you really got to enjoy the show and stay with the characters and learn more about them. It also felt like every episode of this show was necessary. Too often in streaming shows, it feels like they're just doing eight episodes to fill the eight episodes. This felt like a full watch. You had to watch every episode to get what was going on. It was enjoyable. It was fun. I could not recommend looking for Alaska more. It's probably the best show other than Catch-22 on Hulu that I've seen. Those are the two shows on Hulu I really enjoyed was Looking for Alaska and Catch-22. Definitely check out Looking for Alaska. Let's switch gears in the biggest way possible and talk about the blockbuster Pokemon Detective Pikachu based on the video game. Here's a quick synopsis. Tim Goodman, a loner and failed Pokemon trainer, travels to Rhyme City where Pokemon and humans coexist and is told his father, a detective, died in a tragic car accident. While going through his father's apartment, he meets his father's partner, a Pikachu who survived the crash and Tim can talk to, but Pikachu has lost his memory. Believing his father is alive, Tim and Pikachu team up to try to solve the mystery of his father's disappearance. Listen, that's a lot I just said. There's a lot going on here. There's Pokemon, there's humans, there's a lot to think about. But the biggest reason to go see this movie and why I enjoyed it is Ryan Reynolds as the voice of Pikachu. He is hilarious and his Deadpool quips and his sense of humor work in a PG movie. I think Ryan Reynolds has become the funniest actor on planet Earth. The minute I saw the trailer for this movie and heard Ryan Reynolds' voice, I knew I had to see this movie because he's so funny. And again, the quips, they just work. And to work in a PG movie, that's a rare ability that he can be in R-rated Deadpool movies and other movies. And it just to work in a kid-friendly environment, I think he's the everyman. And I think he can be funny in any situation. And that's that's a rare ability in today's world. In December, Reynolds has the Michael Bay movie Six Underground. I think we are living in the time of Ryan Reynolds. This is his time. He's been so good in so many movies. And that he's, again, he's got Deadpool, he's got this, he's got Six Underground. This is the time we are living in. It's Ryan Reynolds' time and we should all enjoy it because he is hilarious. Then you have Justice Smith, who is the human in this movie. He is Tim Goodman. I think Justice Smith proves that he can be the lead of a movie. He is funny, and he is good at playing somebody out of their comfort zone. Think of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. He played a nerd who had never been around dinosaurs, and he was getting bullied by the Chris Pratt character. They had some funny moments in that movie. Again, in that movie, he's just thrown into an environment he's never been used to. 
dinosaurs. And in this movie, he's thrown into the world of Pokemon. And he is somebody who in this world has ignored Pokemon. I mean, he has a boring job. He's not an exciting guy. And he is thrown into something. Both of his big movies, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and Pokemon Detective Pikachu, he is a nerdy guy thrown into an uncontrolled environment with dinosaurs and Pokemon. What a heck of a movie career he is having so far. And I enjoyed him in bold movies, maybe more so than other people. I enjoyed him in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and I certainly was looking forward to him in this, and he delivered. I think he's funny, and again, he's just good at playing that type of character, which is a good thing to me. I mean, in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, he's playing an awkward supporting character. In this, he's playing an awkward leading man. I think he can pull both of those things off. I like Justice Smith, and I can't wait to see what that guy does next. He's funny, I think he's interesting, and again... Play out of his comfort zone. It's 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 interesting to watch the guy deal with dinosaurs and be afraid of them, and then be the awkward guy who doesn't like Pokemon in a world where everyone seems to love Pokemon. It's interesting. Then you have actress Catherine Newton. She was really good in movies like Free Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and she was also in Boy Erase. Both of those movies had Lucas Hedges in. She had been in some really dramatic movies. It was fun to see her in a movie like this. She's a good, young, upcoming actress. She plays the love interest to Joseph Smith's character, but she's also kind of like, I think of her as like a Lois Lane character, an investigative reporter who's trying to get the edge and trying to get the real facts of the story. It was really interesting character in this movie. Her character has some really funny moments with the Tim Goodman character, and I thought her and Justice Smith had some really good comedic chemistry going on together. I think Pokemon Detective Pikachu has some really funny moments as the movie goes through like detective tropes, like the Mr. Mime interrogation scene is the funniest scene in this movie. It's one of the funniest scenes I've seen in a movie this year. And also, there are moments where Catherine Newton's character has a Psyduck. If you know Pokemon at all, you know how ridiculous the Psyduck is. And those moments are really funny between Pikachu and Psyduck. Again, it's Ryan Reynolds' character just, again, his Deadpool quips just work in this movie with the Psyduck and with the Mr. Mime. Those are the two things about this movie I enjoyed most. Another thing I was thinking about after I saw this movie, and I saw it about a week ago, is that it's kind of a role reversal of a very famous movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where Roger Rabbit was the victim and the human was the detective. This is a reversal. Ryan Reynolds' the detective, the animated character is the detective, and the human, Tim Goodman, is the one in need. I thought that was a really big role reversal, and I'm not saying this movie is as good as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but if I were going to compare this movie to any movie ever with animated characters interacting with human characters, the one movie I could think of is Who's who framed Roger Rabbit? And it's not nearly as good. I think Pokemon Detective Pikachu is an enjoyable watch, but it's not on that caliber of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But I think it's a good movie, and if you were going to compare it to any movie, it would be that movie. 
I also think that when you look at this movie, you have to look at it through the eyes of a movie being based on a video game. And through those eyes, this has to be one of the most successful movies based on a video game. I'm young enough to remember Prince of Persia coming out and thinking, that's ridiculous. Jake Gyllenhaal, what are you doing? Or Worlds of Warcraft. I was like, this is a ridiculous movie. Those movies are not real movies to me. Yes, Pokemon Detective Pikachu can seem ridiculous at face value, but it's an actual movie. It has movie qualities. It has a movie quality plot. It's not a brilliant movie, but if you look at it through the standards of, is it one of the best video game movies ever? Yes, it definitely is. It's an enjoyable watch. I could watch it over and over again, and it's an easy watch. You don't have to think that thoroughly about it. I remember when Michael Fassbender's Assassin's Creed came out, and I thought, wow, I can't wait for this movie. Big movie star. But I just think he tried to make a movie that was so complicated and based on that video game. To make a good video game movie to me is to make a movie where somebody who has not played the video game can watch and enjoy. I have never played Pokemon Detective Pikachu, but I can watch this movie and enjoy it. I you could you could not even have liked Pokemon at all or grown up with any of the Pokemon video games. It's kind of an easy movie to follow and you could understand the jokes and they are hilarious. It's a face value. This is one of the best video game movies ever. It just is. A movie based on a video game, this has to be near the top of the list. Because again, you can watch this movie and enjoy it without a second of ever playing that video game. It's pretty understandable plot. I think those other movies like Warcraft, like Prince of Persia, like Assassin's Creed, just think that everyone in the world, that game is so popular, they're all going to get this. And then none of us who don't play video games understand the movie at all. And that's how these movie misses. Well, guess what? Pokemon Detective Pikachu hit on that. I had never for a second known about or played Pokemon Detective Pikachu, but yet I found this movie enjoyable and easy enough to follow. To think it's a pretty good movie. Not a great movie, but a pretty good one. For me, director Rob Letterman made a film about a father and a son as much as you can in a blockbuster movie with Pokemon in it. The ending is sincere, and why the movie The Flawed actually works in the end. Just this year, I've seen movies like Pokemon Detective Pikachu and Bumblebee that give me faith that you can make these big blockbusters about characters that we all love and enjoy, and that there's hope that if you put actual plot into it, you can make a pretty decent movie. It doesn't have to turn out to be great. Bumblebee is not great. I've done a podcast on it. It's really good. I liked it. It's rewatchable. It's enjoyable. Pokemon Detective Pikachu is not great. It's good. It's enjoyable. It's rewatchable. Those are what those movies should be. The standards don't have to be that high for this kind of movie. And again, the issue with the like Transformers franchises is they were all about the CGI and whatever. Pokemon Detective Pikachu has great CGI. The characters, the Pokemon, they look look real, but there there has to be a good enough story to it. 
I don't need Pokemon Detective Pikachu to feel like an episode of Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. As long as it's entertaining and I get to see cool things, I think that's good enough. The same with Bumblebee. It doesn't have to be an action epic just about battle. As long as there's a decent plot, doesn't have to be great, just decent, those movies can be enjoyable. And that's why I kind of have hope for the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I hope there's a plot around that. You can fix how the character looks and whatever, but as as long as there's a decent enough plot, we might like the movie. These movies can be good. They don't all have to be garbage. And too recently, Bumblebee and Detective Pikachu, to me, are not garbage. There's actual merit for them to be movies. To me, anyway. They're not great. Great, but they're decent enough to exist. Transformers, for a long time, wasn't decent enough to exist. I hope Sonic proves it is a decent enough movie to be able to exist. That's all I'm rooting for. It doesn't have to be Academy Award winning awesomeness. It just needs to be a good enough movie with a good enough plot to make you love the characters that you grew up loving. That's all these characters have to do. It's that simple. That's all these movies have to do. It is that simple. The last thing I'll say about Pokemon Detective Pikachu is that it's a good movie that is not thought-provoking. It is just enjoyable, which is good enough, and I hope they make a sequel. You don't need to love or even know about Pokemon to enjoy Pokemon Detective Pikachu. So I definitely recommend you watch Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of Pop Culture Spotlight every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. This week, I put the spotlight on Looking for Alaska and Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Next week, I put the spotlight on Season 2 of Jack Ryan starring John Krasinski, and I talk about the movie The Souvenir starring Honor Swinton Byrne. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. 